You're listening to To Succeed, Just Let Go, a podcast that'll change how you think and change your life. I'm Willie Horton and I'm a psychologist. I've been helping people change their lives since 1996. Broadcasting from the French Alps and delighted to have you along. Let's take this week's step in the right direction. Hope you're in fine form as we embark on this episode entitled The Waste of Worry. It's, I'm quoting a client with regard to this, who told me many years ago that I had taught him the waste of worry. And as a result of letting go of the thoughts that create worry, he found himself being able to begin to live the life that he really wanted. And indeed get the kind of dream job that he really wanted as well. You know, a lot of my clients use phrases like that, uh, dream job. And, and you know, when they use it first, it is a dream. And then when they actually achieve it, having set their mind, which is something we'll explore in later episodes, having got that dream job, I'm often one of the first people that they contact because basically what they want to say to me is, and this is another quote from clients, this stuff really works. And that is why we need to not just let go of our debilitating thoughts, but we need to let go of those thoughts that constrain us when it comes to imagining what our life could be like. Now, there's an interesting thought. Sorry, maybe it's not a thought. There's an interesting reflection. I hope you're beginning to understand that thinking is a dangerous thing. And the reason thinking is a dangerous thing is because we think the same thoughts every day. And people often wonder why they can't change their lives or or why they're having difficulty in moving forward, even in small ways with their lives. And the answer is because you keep thinking the same thoughts and you keep thinking them in the same way. And what I would say to you right at the start of this episode is that just because your life up to now would suggest to you that it is very difficult to change your life, or just because your life and your experiences up to now would suggest that you are on a set of rails and there isn't much much you can do about the life that you have, I need to say to you straight off here that your past experiences are no guide to your future life. Because what does not matter is what has gone before us up to now, What matters is what we do in this now, because this now creates the next now, creates the next now, and on and on and on. And that is why if you are caught up in the world of worry, you're not just wasting your energy, you're not just wasting your thought, you're not just wasting your life, you're actually turning your back on the road that we can all take towards putting our best foot forward in the way in which we did in the little exercise that we did at the end of episode number one. You're turning your back on all the things you need to do to get to where you want to go. So worry isn't just a blockage. Worry actually takes us away from what we need to be doing and clearly worry is something that we should not be doing. So, 
my 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 friend, my client had it ever so slightly wrong, or at least he had understated it. Worry is not just a waste. It doesn't just hold you back. It sends you into a spin. And it sends you into a spin in the exact opposite direction of where you'd like your life to go. I, I have a client who I was talking to a couple of weeks ago, and he said one of his colleagues at work had a wonderful poster on his wall in the office. And it said, worrying works. 99% of anything I've ever worried about never happened. And that's true. We worry about stuff that never happens. Or is it quite as simple as that? Let's talk about your ability to pay attention. And really, if you think about what we covered in episode number one, and the whole proposition in relation to changing how we think rather than what we think it's all about paying attention normally when the normal person using their normal mind normally operates on automatic pilot which is how evolution has seen to it that we get through the day normally when we operate on automatic pilot we are constantly devoting our attention to the thoughts in our own head. Now, thoughts in your own head are not new thoughts. The big thoughts you have about you and how the world works were learned during the third year of your life in particular. I'm not saying that we don't learn more stuff after that. In fact, we do learn, but on a decreasing scale, up to the age of 11, 12 or 13. And after that, we really learn nothing at all. We'll come back to that as this particular um, podcast progresses by virtue of the fact that I'm only talking about how the normal mind works. And really what we're talking about here is to how you how to get your mind working abnormally. Or if I can put it a different way, how you can use your ordinary mind in an extraordinary way. And the extra is being able to determine and choose yourself as to where you pay attention. Again, this is real simple stuff. We're talking about what cognitive psychology calls the attentional spotlight, the ability we have in plain person's English, the ability we have to focus. And in plain person's English, the absolute inability we have to focus properly because Evolution designed us to ensure that we couldn't control our attentional spotlight. Our attentional spotlight was needed should a proverbial tiger or lion or bear jump out of the bushes and attack us. There are no man or woman eating tigers knocking around these days and yet that is how the normal mind still works until you do something about it. That's why we're here. That's why we're talking about worry today. And that is why we are talking about how to stop worrying. But before we do that, somebody mentioned to me after episode number one that clearly I am, in the words of the introduction, broadcasting from the French Alps. But obviously I'm not French. I've been living in the French Alps since 2002 by choice. Because I work for myself, I can live wherever I choose to live, and I can have the kind of life that I choose to have. 
and you might say to yourself, well, hold on, that's just me and you're not interested in me. And, and, you know, this isn't about me, so you shouldn't be interested in me. But the reason I make that point is that we all have choices we can make. And the first and most important choice you need to make right now is to what am I going to pay my attention? Because how you develop your ability to take control of your attentional spotlight and pay attention to things other than the noise in your own head, how you do that and how you make these choices moment to moment is going to determine the extent to which you can free flow through life, living the life that you really, really want. Uh, and again, they may sound like kind of flowery words, but actually what they are is simply the ordinary explanation on an ordinary everyday basis of what science confirms again and again and again. The science of flow and the flow research tell us that when we're in the zone, we do just what we need to do to get to where we want to go. When we're in flow, that's what the University of Chicago calls it. When we're in flow, we keep doing the right things and we do them pretty much effortlessly and we don't do the wrong things. Flow, I've used the alternate phrase a moment ago, really means being in the zone. And when you're in the zone, you're not thinking. When you're in the zone, you're just doing. Being in the zone means that I am present. And we all know people, by the way, who have presence. Just think about some of the people that you know who uplift you. And don't think too much about the alternative because we all know people, after we've spent half an hour with them, we're only fit to lie down for the rest of the day. They are what my wife calls the energy vampires. And, and indeed, we'll come back to that as this podcast progresses as well, by virtue of the fact that that is not a throwaway remark or an analogy. People who we perceive as negative are actually stealing your energy. That's another day's work. We were talking about presence. We were talking about being present. We were talking about being here in the here and now, in the zone, in flow, free from thought. The flow research that I mentioned a minute ago reckons that normally we're not really present at all. They, they put figures on it and the figures don't really matter all that much. It could be I'm 1% present or I'm 10% present. But the fact is that if all my presence or energy was to be put into a bucket, so if you can imagine a bucket, a big bucket of water, the amount of me that I put into the here and now is a couple of drips of water. And people go around trying to live their ordinary everyday lives as best they can, putting a little bit of themselves half-heartedly into their lives, putting a few drips into the here and now. You need to pour yourself into the here and now. You need to get that bucket and pour it all over this moment literally throw yourself into the here and now. Now you might ask yourself if my bucket of water being 100% is available to me but actually only maybe five or six or ten percent of it is being poured into the here and now where's the other 90%? What's it doing? Well most of it 
is living in the past. If you recollect from episode number one, I mentioned that we have 70,000 thoughts rattling through our head every day. From an evolutionary perspective, from the perspective of survival, those 70,000 thoughts are very important because they enable me run through the day using those thoughts on automatic pilot, ensuring that my attentional spotlight is never used in case a tiger jumps out of the bushes. The fact that I can't use my attentional spotlight means that I'm never present. But I don't need to be present because I'm designed to be absent. I'm designed to operate on automatic pilot. And being on automatic pilot, I am going to use the thoughts that I learned, particularly during my formative years, to try to figure out what is going on in the here and now. So that's where most of my attention or energy is actually invested. It's invested in the past. And here I am talking to you in 2020, having been born in 1958. So if I'm using my ordinary mind, ordinarily, on autopilot, the autopilot being run by my own programming, which is comprised of what cognitive psychology calls my stored knowledge, which is made up of 70,000 thoughts, the biggest and baddest of which were learned during the third year of my life. I am trying to make sense of what's going on in 2020 based on stuff that I learned before John F. Kennedy was elected president, never mind assassinated. If I manage to make sense of what's going on in the here and now, it'll be pure dumb luck. Simple as that. But when I'm operating on automatic pilot, when I'm using my mind ordinarily, when I'm using my mind normally, that is where most of my attention is paid. So I have my big bucket of water, my big bucket of attention. A few drips of it are poured into my life in the here and now. By the way, then we wonder why we don't get so don't get much out of life. We don't get much out of life because we don't put much much into life. So some of it is dribbled into the here and now. Most of it is poured into the past repeatedly, day in, day out. And some of it is off in the future, thinking thoughts about things that I do not want to happen. It's what you and I call worry. Now, I'm going to use a Dublinism here. What kind of idiot would actually pour some of their energy into what they didn't want to happen? Seriously. And you need to stop and ask yourself that question for a minute. To what extent am I wasting my energy thinking about things I actually don't want to happen? And if we look at how the universe works from the perspective of modern science, and I'm specifically talking about quantum physics here, Pouring your energy into something that you don't want to happen enhances the chances of what you don't want to happen happening. Utter madness. That is why I call normal people, using their ordinary minds ordinarily, normal crazy people. So, how do we stop worry? And before I even go there, I want to clear something up that a lot of people ask me when we talk about worry. Stopping worrying about something that's going to happen or might happen or you're worried about how you'll deal with it when it does happen. Stopping the worry 
doesn't mean you stop caring. Caring about what happens and making sure that you do the right things to ensure that you make, you put the best foot forward in relation to what happens is an exercise in proper focus. Worry is an exercise in madness. So I just wanted to clear up that point. So how do you stop worrying? You can't say to yourself, stop thinking the worst because you're going to have a row with yourself on that one. And by the way, I mentioned the conceptual self in episode number one. There are two of you. There's you and who you think you are. And who you think you are is going to have an argument with you if you try to stop who you think you are thinking about what you don't want to happen. I know it sounds crazy, and you can replay what I've just said because it really actually is crazy. It needs to sink in. We think about what we don't want to happen, thereby pouring some of our vital psychological energy into what we don't want to happen. And not only does that enhance the chances of what we don't want to happen happening, it actually ensures that we don't do any of the things that we need to do to ensure that what we want to happen happens. So how do you stop worrying? As I said, you can't just shout stop. And you can't just think happy thoughts. You know why? Because they are still just thoughts. Any thinking that we do, uh, and I, I, again, I need to actually clarify this one because, you know, I, I originally trained as an accountant and a tax consultant and I practiced as a tax consultant and my clients actually paid me when I worked in KPMG or PwC, they paid me to think on their behalf. That was me using expertise. That's not the same as the thinking that I'm talking about here. The thinking that I'm talking about here is the stuff that rattles through our heads day in, day out. And as we said in episode number one, the stuff that is rattling around your head today is almost identical to what was rattling around your head yesterday and tomorrow will be a repeat performance. And we're constantly on this treadmill or running on this, as a client said to me a couple of weeks ago, on this hamster wheel. And you can never get off the hamster wheel until you stop paying attention to those thoughts. See, I didn't say stop thinking. I didn't say think different thoughts. I didn't say indulge in positive thinking, which is still only thinking. I said stop paying attention to those thoughts. We need to pay attention to the reality of the here and now. It is the only thing in this universe that is for real as we sit here. It is the only place and time that you can do what you need to do to bring you to where you want to go. And by where you want to go, I mean the kind of life you would really, really want. I'm not just talking about making it through the day or avoiding the things that you worry about. I'm talking about letting go of all that nonsense, because nonsense is what it is, and starting turning up to the here and now. Now. What do I mean by that? Think about what we said a minute ago in relation to being present. Think about what we said in relation to people who have presence. Sometimes we call it charisma, but presence is a better word because it actually explains what's going on. They're more present than ordinary, normal, crazy people. Think about how I said that when we are operating 
our minds normally. We're not present. We're nearly almost completely in the past and a bit of it is in a bit of us is in the future thinking bad thoughts about stuff that we don't want to happen. We need to enhance our ability to be present. Now that means that we need to train our minds to pay attention to the present moment. We did a really, really, really short exercise at the end of episode number one. And really it was just you taking a couple of deep breaths and paying attention to how that feels. We have five senses, you feel, see, hear, smell and taste. Normally, and we're gonna cover this in later episodes, particularly when we start talking about stress. Normally, when we receive information from our body, so in other words, when we see, feel, hear, smell or taste something, we make sense of what our body is telling us by adding our stored knowledge to it. Now, remember what we said a minute ago about stored knowledge and how mine is six decades old at this stage. Remember what we said about how we couldn't really make any sense of what is going on in the here and now based on using that stored knowledge. We need to stop that. We need to actually feel what we're feeling, see what we're seeing, hear what we're hearing, and stop putting our own spin on it. Stop twisting it by using our own thoughts. So, I have a specific exercise for you to do after this episode. What I want you to do is I want you to sit wherever you're sitting, or if you like, you can go outside and if it's a nice day, you can sit outside. I want you to look at something and it could be anything. It could be the mug of coffee in front of you. I want you to look at it as if you've never seen it before. Now, our, our, our minds are gonna, your, your mind is going to argue with you on this one straight away because our minds are made to wander. Our minds are made to wander back into our stored knowledge, into our 70,000 thoughts. Our minds are made to worry, by the way, because, again, worrying in evolutionary times kept us alert, ensured that we were on our toes, ensure that we were alive to the possibility that a tiger would leap out of the bushes. We're, we're actually designed to worry, so don't beat yourself up, by the way, about worrying. Don't feel guilty about worrying because feeling guilty is another one of those useless thoughts, just like worrying is useless thinking. I have an exercise for you to do after this episode, and it's really simple, as I said, I want you to sit down and look at something as if you never looked at it before. Your mind will start judging it. Your mind will start judging what I've just said and say, that's stupid. Your mind will say you have other more important things to do. I can tell you, by the way, for the next few minutes after this episode, you have nothing more important in your life to do than come to one of your senses. And the one I am suggesting is seeing. That you actually see what you're looking at rather than think about what you're seeing and making up your mind that what you're seeing is something you already know. There's, there's a wonderful expression, I'm not sure whether it's Tony DeMello or Thich Nhat Hanh, or it could be Deepak Chopra, I'm not 100% sure. But the saying is that once you tell a child 
that's a bird. The child will never see a bird again. Because suddenly the child thinks he or she knows what that is. You think you know your coffee cup. You think you know the tree outside your window. You think you know the fabric in the rug on the floor. You think you know the fabric, by the way, in the shirt you're wearing or the trousers you're wearing. Take a fresh look. Because essentially what we need to do to use our minds extraordinarily is develop our ability to pay attention to our senses. In doing so, we stop paying attention to our thoughts. In doing so, we come into the here and now. We enhance our presence. We turn up to our own lives. We turn up to the only place and time in which we can do what we need to do and live our lives to the full. I know what you're thinking, because everybody thinks it when I mention these simple things first. You're saying to yourself, this is kind of a load of nonsense. How am I going to change my perspective on me? How am I going to let go of all the self-limiting beliefs that hold me back? The self-limiting beliefs that you have are nothing more than big thoughts that were impressed upon you when you were young and impressionable. And the only reason you believe yourself to be limited in certain ways is because your automatic mind continues to pay attention to those thoughts. Learn to pay attention to the reality of the moment. And not only will you stop paying attention to those thoughts, Modern neuroscience, and I'm talking about research from the last year or two, shows that in restructuring your brain by paying attention to your senses, by coming to your senses, you silence those self-limiting beliefs. You silence the part of the brain that stores what psychology calls our self-referential thoughts. How am I doing? Oh, I'm awful. I'm shy. I'm useless. I'm stupid. All those thoughts that were impressed upon you when you were young and impressionable have no place in your life in the here and now because they don't relate to what's going on in the here and now. And as long as you keep paying attention to them, you disable yourself from understanding what's going on in the here and now and you'll react based on your thoughts instead of acting based on what is actually going on. So a really simple little exercise like sitting and seeing is going to change how your mind works, how your brain is wired, how your subcortical brain is structured. And ultimately, it's going to change your life. You've been listening to To Succeed, Just Let Go. To get involved, join me in my Facebook group, strangely enough called To Succeed, Just Let Go. And for more information, visit www.willie-horton.com.